Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into episode two of the 1995 Pride and Prejudice series. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) So good. I'm so, I was so excited for this episode after the first one. And I feel like it lived up to expectations for me. (laughs) Well, I was listening back to or editing the recording of the first episode. And I realized that I got some stuff wrong immediately upon hearing Uh it. (laughs) And then the only one that I have written down that I can access easily, there, there might be more corrections in the notes is that Michaelmas is actually mm-hmm. September 29th. Okay. And what and so what is Christmas. the what is the like significance or like what is the the day for? Um it's like the mass of Michael, like the mass of Christ is Christmas and the mass of candles is candle mass <laughs> or candle Oh, uh, I, I see, I see, I see. I just learned that when I was learning what Michaelmas was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I assumed Michaelmas was Christmas. So <laughs> I thought the whole time you were just saying like Christmassy things. So I did too. And actually, if you look it up, there definitely are questions like, why is Michaelmas Christmas? <laughs> and the, the answers would be like, because it's very close to Christmas. And it's like, no. Nope, that that's a couple. <laughs> that's a couple months away. <laughs> so Michaelmas is like the beginning of fall, probably. Oh, okay. Almost like what we would consider like daylight savings time is almost starting, and yeah, that kind of time of year. I guess in England, probably it's already been fall for a little while at that point. I don't know. Uh, probably Just winter start there. Probably now. I was listening back also and thinking I sounded like a crazy person the last episode. Oh, it's no. <laughs> i'm it's sure because that's not i was true. so excited i'm still excited but <laughs> no yeah this is this is an exciting piece of jane austen um what would you say uh, i don't know stuff because it is like one of the most revered things of her uh, like adaptations of her work so and it's just like a big you know a big thing to do and so we're just yeah. really excited yeah it's definitely up there it's like definitely in the top i'm sure if you put like made a list of the best ones it would either mm-hmm. be at the top of most of them or like the number one spot or like in within the f- yeah. three top i would guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i well i was looking up like uh, notes and trivia stuff. And I think there were a couple times I saw where like on different lists, like this was on either like the best television series ever or like, and it was like pretty high up on the list of similar things like that. So it's definitely like looked at even, I would say probably by non Jane Austen people as like a really good show. Yeah. I, my gosh, I, you know, I had said, let's find some interesting factoids for notes. And so I was looking at the special features and I got through most of them. There was still like at least an hour's worth left, but I have so much. (laughs) (laughs) We may have to do a whole episode just on the notes that I made. (laughs) I feel like with something as big as this, there's always going to be like so much stuff around it. So much like special features and bonus stuff. And so it's like hard to be like, let's condense it all into something small. <laughs> and so I I'm also realized, understand. yeah, while watching them that m- my brain strikes again because Andrew Davies <laughs> throughout the whole thing was like, yeah, I really wanted to focus on the masculinity and the Darcy character. And I was like, maybe my brain just knew that because I've seen these special features before. And it, so it noticed it this mm-hmm. time. But like, I, 
I just you don't know, they always though? Sometimes I know stuff. I just don't know where it came from. And I'm like, is that my own <laughs> thought or is that something that someone else said? <sighs> well, I mean, you were right. And I, I would say the other adaptation that we watched, it's also a, it's not as maybe focused on the masculinity, but it's still there's a focus there. So you weren't yeah. it's not like, you know, you were <laughs> saying falsehoods. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm just, um, yeah. I definitely noticed it, and I didn't remember this specifically, but right. Yeah, I watched it. I was like, oh, he's saying exactly what I said. So maybe I'm just <laughs> quoting him. <laughs> uh, you know, as I'm want to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. What else before we get to notes? I will just say that, like, yeah, I was rewatching it today. I had already done the recap, and I was like. What did I write this in the recap? And then I was going through the recap and I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, I feel like I missed everything. So, uh, <laughs> well, this was this, a jam packed episode. <laughs> I know. I'm stressing myself out for no reason about these <laughs> because I guess I just am afraid to do them wrong, but whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's a wrong way to do them. I think, <laughs> you know, it'll be our version of this, of our opinions on this episode, but I feel like. The, I what I really enjoyed about this episode is I kind of at first was very like no I don't want to say annoyed but like Kitty and Lydia especially Lydia she's very rambunctious in this <laughs> <laughs> adaptation like much more than previous ones <laughs> but the whole I feel like in this episode she kind of was almost like the focus and I know they're setting up the whole Wickham thing but yeah that whole scene of her and Mr. Collins running into each other in the hallway where she's like <laughs> kind of not dressed was so funny and the fact that she like doesn't care that it's embarrassing she just is laughing because he's embarrassed I thought I was like the best (laughs) that was so funny (laughs) she's really funny in this episode particularly with all of her laughing at everyone (laughs) yes and I uh Mrs. Bennett is so animated this I mean, in this adaptation, like, I thought episode one, she was, like, very loud, but Jesus. It lasts through all the, <laughs> through it all. I mean, just I mean, wait I until Lydia's d- disgrace. Oh, of course, of course. I mean, I don't hate it. I'm not saying I hate it. It's just, it's very different than what I've seen before, so. Yeah. Well, she's always complaining about her nerves, but really, it's all of ours that are suffering. Yes. <laughs> I'll say it's everyone else. <laughs> Okay, well, let's go to notes because I'm sure I can pick a couple interesting things out of this three-page list that I've made. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you could. Did you want me to kind of go over any new characters we got? Sure. I can't remember if we we had a new one. (laughs) Well, I'll start. Can I just start by saying originally Mm -hmm. what, before I did watch all the special features, my intention was to do some notes on Sue... Bert Whistle, who was the producer, who I think was like one of the main factors in this adaptation existing. And mm-hmm. like she hired all the people <laughs> and produced it and everything. But it was really hard to find any information on her because it's like she did a couple more things. She got some awards, but I think since like 2009, she hasn't really done anything. I mean, she's like 75 at this point, so maybe she's just retired. But um... <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I just couldn't find that much information about her. All I could find was that her, she married somebody that, and so now people refer to her as Lady Air because. The Whoa. Per- I think the person she married maybe was a, oh God, if we get this wrong, like an opera 
composer or something. I can't remember that. <laughs> Some sort of uh, maybe like arts, like yeah, intelligent arts person. Something that I would be like, ooh, that sounds so cool, and something so far out of my mental reach. You put Lady Aaron though, and just Jane Eyre stuff comes up, and it's like, <gasps> like <laughs> not what I mean. <laughs> Google. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, go ahead and tell us some of the, well, I guess Collins is new. Yes, Collins played, Mr. Collins is played by David Bamber. And then we see Lady Catherine de Bourgh for the first time, uh-huh. played by Barbara Lee Hunt. And I guess David we see Bamber, David, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say David Bamber shows up in the special features, like being interviewed. It's probably like mm-hmm. 2008, I think, when most of these special features were made, the ones I was watching. Oh. And he looks at the same time exactly the same and like a completely different person. Like I, if I saw him, I would not realize that was Mr. <laughs> yes. Collins. And yet if I knew it was Mr. Collins, I'd be like, oh, of course he looks exactly the same. So it's really weird. <laughs> yeah, because I was I like, I was looking at his like IMDb page and everything. And he was in that Valkyrie movie with Tom Cruise and he played Adolf Hitler. And I was like, I oh, really, I feel like I saw that. And I was like, I don't remember him looking anything <laughs> like he does in this one. And it was only a couple of years later, but yeah, um, I don't know. yeah, he, he has one of those faces, chameleon face. <laughs> yes, what I did appreciate in this adaptation is that he did appear much older than he did in the movie, uh-huh. um, which kind of made more sense for why it was like such a like a very obvious not fit to me. Like visually, I was like, "There's no way <laughs> Lizzie's going to be like, sure, <laughs> yeah, right. that's the one." <laughs> And then we have Miss Anderberg played by Nadia Chambers. We have Lieutenant Wickham played by Adrian Lucas, which of course I mistrust him already because he's evil. <laughs> but uh, I like Lieutenant... Adrian Lucas in general. Yeah, I like him as Wickham. Like he's he's not, I would say he's not as like initially nefarious as in the movie version. Yeah. So it's like oh, I, I could totally oh God, see lo- being misled. I so prefer him to the movie version. Like of all the characters, <laughs> yes. the Wickham in the movie is the one that I'm like, I don't like this. He just seems so like can't get behind this. Yeah, I'm like in a one of our like running gags for the podcast. (laughs) I feel like he is definitely someone who has murdered someone in the Jane Austen universe (laughs) because he in that movie was so evil and nasty. And oh, definitely, this is he probably just was like, oh, you're beneath me. I'm murdering you, kind of a murder, like just for convenience sake. But this (laughs) one, I feel like I could see why Lizzie would be fooled by him and be charmed by him, and like yes, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes and I feel like the way it's all playing out and we can kind of get more into it when we do the recap but I totally like I feel like they're really throwing it in her face like this person has pride and this person has prejudice and it's like very much being thrown in your face in that very blatant manner and so I'm like ah, it's totally making sense <laughs> for you. we have Lynn Farley as Mrs. Phillip Tom Ward as Lieutenant Chamberlain um I think that's all the new people I would think I yeah, um, I would say most of the cast stays pretty much the same yeah. throughout. <laughs> yeah, we just get our like second episode players that <laughs> tend to say for the <laughs> Well, let me see if I can find a couple of little factoids that pertain to this particular episode. Okay. Well, one thing during the dances, mm-hmm. they would wear like little earpieces so they could hear oh. the music and, you know, keep in rhythm. And so they'd be like listening to this music, dancing doing dialogue and doing line <laughs> Jesus. And so i was definitely looking out for it and i couldn't necessarily see any but i definitely could tell like this 
this ear was always one of the ears was always like slightly covered with hair and on everybody (laughs) very strategically black yes (laughs) yeah Andrew Davies definitely, he said it many times, like throughout all of these documentaries that I was watching, he was, where, where did I write it down? There were like four different things that he was really trying to do. One is he wanted to show more of like the masculinity. One was more like action and activeness, like Mm -hmm. sweating and being outdoors. So he wanted like, you know, so he didn't want to seem so stifled. Um, He wanted to have way more sexual tension like he just wanted it to be all about like i'm attracted mm-hmm. to you like i believe in the scene from last week when he first sees lizzie covered in mud um, mm-hmm. in the stage directions he wrote uh darcy gets an erection <laughs> i saw that and i was like trying to remember back and i was like not that we would see it but like i was like right. trying to see if i remembered his facial expression being like oh my gosh like i'm so embarrassed <laughs> But I don't remember it, but I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I they did show it in the thing, and I was like, mm, maybe. But there's definitely a scene that comes up later where I believe the stage direction to them by the director was like, you're both naked or something like that. So, <laughs> but that's still a couple episodes away. But um, what was the other thing that he wanted to do? I don't, it was just like male, sweaty, sexy. <laughs> he just kept going to those four things i'm like i know what you wanted this adaptation it's clear (laughs) this is possibly the horniest adaptation of a jane austen novel (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i feel like that was another thing because they were like this one changed you know was you it changed the way we were doing them and or you know jane austen adaptations and but Mm -hmm. at the same time you know the persuasion that we haven't seen yet, but that is definitely probably number one for a lot of people as well. Mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow's Emma, Clueless, uh, Sense and Sensibility. They were all coming out at the same time and they all kind That's of true. were like this different way of doing Jane Austen. So like, because I guess just movie making. And I was just wondering, is it like women who love Jane Austen were just finally in the power to be able to make these? And these were what were these mm-hmm. kind of things were what were in vogue. But this Pride and Prejudice particularly had apparently like just crazy popularity, especially in England. Like the tabloids hmm. were very excited. It had like a stellar, all of the cast and the director were all like at the height of their prowess. Like people knew about all of them and like they were proper, proper actors. <laughs> <laughs> and the tabloids were reporting on it and like just huge, huge, like 10 to 12 million people watched it. Wow. So definitely a big, big hit at the time. (laughs) Interesting. I think to me, this like feels like a very overtly modern take on like Jane Austen without like trying to bring like the sensibilities of it to modern, like the, the whole idea of like the sexual tension and the sweatiness and just Mm -hmm. the way they talk to each other feels more, modernized like it's not so proper it's not so stuffy um so it feels like maybe like as an audience member we get to breathe a little bit and kind of be like I know what that feels like because I feel maybe a lot of the stuffiness is so off-putting to people that they can't relate to it so I can see why it was so popular yeah and I guess I mean we've seen some of the older adaptations and Mm -hmm. I mean just by nature of the way they had to film them they were more indoor and more like you know sitting around and talking to each other but 
you know, it just became a lot easier to go outside and film outside, you know, that we got handheld cameras. So I don't think Mm -hmm. it's necessarily just that like one person had a vision, but I think like just, you know, everybody modernized with the times. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, let's just go ahead and get into the recap then. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so we open. Elizabeth is walking with like a little switch, (laughs) watching the geese. (laughs) And I wrote, she just loves nature. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's a, to me, she, that all her little nature parts remind me of, I don't think it's Catherine from Sanditon. What's her name? Charlotte. Charlotte. I was like, I know what to see. I know what to see. Charlotte is like because we get the opening of her hunting the rabbits and stuff like it just feels yeah. very much like that type of heroine. Oh, totally. Well, I mean, I feel that Saniton is obviously Andrew Davies being like, what worked for me in Pride and Prejudice? Let me right. <laughs> to Saniton. <laughs> right. It does. I, I can definitely see the similarities. I would say the only problem with Saniton is it almost seems like, well, now we need a little more updating. Like we've actually moved mm-hmm. past pre- Pride and Prejudice a little bit. But yeah, I think that's point. what they're doing now this this next season, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, okay, so we see Mr. Bennett and he is letting the family know that a guest will be arriving soon. <laughs> nope, not Mr. Bingley. <laughs> <laughs> or Denny. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest sigh heard around the world. Because <laughs> we all did it. like, it's Denny, right? He's coming. And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would we invite him? <laughs> yeah. Mr. Bennett, he really loves to keep, you know, his cards to his chest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Turns out it's Mr. Collins, his cousin. Wah, he wah, wrote wah. to him a month ago. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Bennett, not telling anybody anything for a month nope. about Mr. Collins. <laughs> I think he is like a version of a like a prankster, a practical joker. Like, I think he thinks this is so funny to have this person that everyone does not like drop in <laughs> without telling them and just to see their reaction. Yeah. He's just been his own private amusement for a month mm-hmm. now. He gets to see the whole family. Maybe he doesn't want to tell them just because, well, he'll hear nothing about anything else for a month. <laughs> <laughs> so that might also be it, is that he's like, I don't want to hear anything about him. So you'll find out last minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, he says nothing can clear him of the crime of inheriting Longbourn, <laughs> <laughs> but he's been ordained and he's patronized by Lady Catherine de Burgh. <laughs> and uh, we see a little clip of them, and all the men of the town seem very solicitous of her. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Mr. Collins barely being able to get himself into a carriage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Mr. Collins. And he basically has written, like, he's reading this note that he wrote to, uh, or letter that he wrote to Mr. Bennett. And he basically explains every single carriage change he's going to make in his journey from <laughs> there to the Bennett's. There was actually something in the special features about the carriages. And, like, I think if you, I suppose it was a carriage expert or a horse expert or whatever, but, like, every horse decision carriage they're like it just subtly showed the differences in society like from like this kind of horse to this kind of horse to this kind of horse anyway i don't remember any of it so i can't really explain it 
<laughs> I'll say they all look like horses to me. But I know Mr. Collins shows up on like one little brown horse and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't, it's just like a little, it doesn't have a room or a separate driver. The it's like a plane, exactly. kind of a, I would say maybe like almost like an everyday person. <laughs> yeah, which is appropriate for a clergyman. <laughs> of course. Uh, Mr. Bennett has high hopes of finding him the reverse of a sensible man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mr. Bennett. <laughs> and then he comes and they're eating dinner and Elizabeth can barely contain herself as Mr. Bennett <laughs> is making fun of Mr. Collins during dinner. She's like <laughs> hiding behind her napkin. <laughs> it's really funny. They have so much food on the table. I know. It's just like... like this huge hunk of cheese, like bigger than my head. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would do so poorly in this society because all I... if. If the food is available to me, which is why I don't do well at buffets, I'm going to keep <laughs> eating it. So I feel like it would be so improper of me to keep eating that giant cheese roll. I know. It's like, I understand wanting to have a nice feast for your guests, but like, it seems excessive. Much? <laughs> <laughs> well, all of it was probably like salted and cured in a way. So yeah, that you're probably right. You could, you're probably eating that cheese wheel for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I want a cheese wheel. Okay. Me too. Lydia, she's just like outright groaning at his love <laughs> little compliments. <laughs> he likes to practice them. Okay. So mm-hmm. then we see Kitty and Lydia playing horseshoes outside. And Mr. Collins is letting Mama know that he likes Jane, which she immediately shuts down. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you will not ruin this. And then he scopes out all the younger daughters. I think we just like pan through all of them. Mary actually from the very, his first arrival is like taking her hair behind her ear. Mm-hmm. And being like, this is the one I want, but he never looks at It's very overt in this one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're a background player, you got to come up you with do something. your own story. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would say, um, based on the Mary we see in this one, I'm like, they would be a perfect fit and they need 100%. to just you know, be together. 100%. But uh, honestly, Charlotte would be a much better wife. <laughs> Probably. I Mary, Probably. I don't think Mary's Mary would interested be like, in being a wife. <laughs> yeah, she would fall straight into the snobbery. I mean, I feel like at least Charlotte yeah. could at least kind of hold herself back a little bit. <laughs> Very much. Okay, so he lands on Elizabeth when he's scoping them all out. And she's basically forced to walk him to town. <laughs> Although she seems to bear it quite well. She's like sure let's do this thing (laughs) (laughs) i feel like she sees it as an opportunity for her to make fun of him so she's like yeah sure why not yeah she's like i can bring this report back to to papa later and we'll just you know (laughs) laugh laugh and laugh lydia spots denny and wickham and screams across the road for them to come over (laughs) oh lydia She's so uncouth. <laughs> yeah, no cool about her. But all the men seem to love it. <laughs> Something about, I guess, a oh, 15-year-old screaming girl. Well, yeah. It's like when Charlotte's talking about Jane. I don't know if it's in this episode or the last episode, but she's like, mm-hmm. a, a woman has to show more interest than she even feels if she wants to secure him. And Lydia's yeah. just like the living testament of that because all the men are like yeah you you want to scream me i'll come over (laughs) denny's got this tall ornate hat on (laughs) while they're talking bingley and darcy right up to flirt but darcy spots wickham and rides away without a word his Mm -hmm. usual mo (laughs) he I mean, I think Colin Firth does an amazing job at just looking pissed the whole time. Like, he's always (laughs) mad. 
but mm-hmm. the look he had when he saw Wickham, I was like, <laughs> it was like everyone in the town saw that. They could feel oh, yeah. the hall being burned. Yeah. I feel like you can, throughout the, the dance at Netherfield, you can like, mm-hmm. he's so like grumpy the whole time, but I feel like it's mm-hmm. all because he's still being affected by seeing Wickham in the street. Yes. <laughs> like, I'm looking out for him. He wouldn't dare show his face. Where is he? Like, I feel like that's all he's <laughs> right. thinking about <laughs> for oh, the rest for sure. of the time. He's- hunting yep so okay then they all go to aunt phillips and mr collins insults her immediately (laughs) but wins her (laughs) over with talk of expensive chimney pieces of course (laughs) elizabeth gladly releases him to play cards with all her heart (laughs) please go play and mary is still playing the role of Anne elliott and providing music for the party (laughs) (laughs) mary Eliz, i just it's so funny to see all these little dances and then later when we get to another field it's so ornate and like opulent anyway but Mm -hmm. you can just see like everyone at that party is just indulging themselves because oh yeah they're used to like these tiny little family gatherings and stuff right okay so uh elizabeth talks to wickham and he basically initiates the whole Darcy conversation. Mm. And she is finding Darcy very disagreeable <laughs> as he does. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess he also feel, finds him very... They're, they're both like reveling in how disagreeable now they both agree that he is. Mm-hmm. Oh, and correction number two. <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> Her and Jane, even though it felt to me like they were there for a month, and they were only there for three days because <laughs> she says we were there for three days. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, three oh. days a month, you know. <sighs> I really Maybe didn't stretch things out like my mind. <laughs> it felt like a month to Jane, I'm sure. So <laughs> true, 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 and to Lizzie. Yeah, <laughs> especially Lizzie. <laughs> Probably to everyone involved, honestly. <laughs> Except for Bingley. No, no, no. Then it felt like one day. Yeah, it wasn't long enough. (laughs) (laughs) Wickham is surprised that Darcy isn't well-liked in the neighborhood. And then he goes on to tell her how Darcy did him a great wrong. And that's why I wrote, I like this Wickham because he seems so genuine and charming. Yeah, He's like, in the other version, he's just handsome. I feel like he doesn't have anything else going for him but his handsomeness. This guy, I mean, he's good looking, but he's just like charming and affable. He's got an endearing quality to him. Yeah. And Elizabeth is just very pretty during this party. (laughs) Yeah. She looks... I... (laughs) And this is like, uh, uh, she keeps getting these comments about how she's not as pretty as Jane and Jane's the superior sister by far. And it's like, I don't, you know, I don't know if maybe just because it's actresses, but I'm like, she's not ugly. Like, she's definitely like on par with Jane. It's not like she's, you know. Oh, for sure. But Jane is blonde. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We hate dark. (laughs) Right, right, right. Anyone who's not blonde is garbage. (laughs) At least she's not plain like Charlotte Lucas, who I think is just as gorgeous as anybody else. So I don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> whatever. Everyone's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so where was I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Elizabeth is so pretty. Okay. <laughs> Lydia swoops up to dance with Wickham. And I don't, honestly, I don't even know if Mrs. Bennett was even at that party. I did not see her at the party at all. I. I think she was, but she was like with all her girlfriends around like a table. I think uh-huh. I can't t- I can't remember if this was at that party or like the big party, but there was a scene with her like a passing scene with her at her at a table with her girlfriends kind of like picking up food and gossiping. So 
she's clearly not paying attention at all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I didn't even see her at that party, which is yeah. weird because it's her sister's house. Right. <laughs> okay. So then that later that night, Jane and Lizzie are gabbing about Wickham's tail and Jane believes that she likes him. <laughs> or I think she believes. Oh, no, she believes that Elizabeth likes him. And Elizabeth mm. says that she does very much. <laughs> Jane wonders if they should trust Wickham. And mm. Elizabeth says she knows exactly who to trust in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hmm, someone has a prejudice against someone else <laughs> to, to believe um, one man over the other that she just met. <laughs> yeah i can't whenever we finally read this book we're gonna have to spend so much time being like now who's the pride and who's the prejudice because i feel like it switches <laughs> on like every scene <laughs> yes <laughs> okay and then we get an invitation to the netherfield ball and it even includes you mr collins <laughs> <laughs> and elizabeth wonders if he should accept this invitation and he rationalizes no objections to it <laughs> <laughs> she's like darn <laughs> uh i said these soldiers okay I guess the next scene is like when wickham comes over and they're like walking in the garden it's such a pretty scene because there's like this storm in the background it just like adds yeah. this prettiness to the lighting but i wrote these soldiers flirting constantly with lydia and kitty is kind of weird <laughs> Because I guess they're pushing them on the swing in this scene. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> sometimes I look at, like, what, I don't know, like, they just do for fun. And, like, they're pushing them on the swing. And the one soldier's like, I'm in the way. No, I'm not. The last minute, I'm in the way. <laughs> I was like, is this flirting, I guess? I, I mean, how, I wonder about these soldiers. Like, are Denny and this other guy, are they, like, 16 as well? I mean, they're soldiers. But I guess you could go into soldiery pretty young. I... I could see, I probably, I mean, <laughs> I didn't even catch that. I was like, yeah, the soldiery. Um, it could be right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't know. I, yeah. I could totally see them being around the same age. Because is Lydia the youngest at yes. 15? Okay. So yeah. Then Kitty's probably like 16. So yeah. yeah. They're probably not that much older than them. And considering the times, you know, yeah. it's probably like well within marriage range. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think once a girl is 15, she can marry up to an 80-year-old. It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) Wickham and Elizabeth are walking around the garden. She wants to know more about the situation, so she's questioning Wickham about Darcy and his Mm -hmm. sister. And Wickham says that both he and his sister are very proud, and he also informs her that Anne de Berg is to be Darcy's bride, and Mm -hmm. Elizabeth seems interested. And yeah, it's a very pretty scene because the storm in the background just gives it like this. The lighting is just pretty. It's like that. um, And I think we see it a lot in Florida just because Mm -hmm. it like storms real quick on and off that it's almost like this bright orangey light. Yeah. That like really brings out the green and everything. It's kind of diffused. And yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the rolling hills of England. It looks so pretty. (laughs) Okay. So next, Mama thinks that Lizzie looks very well. Not as pretty as Jane, but very well. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, thanks. Oh, I think this is when they're getting ready for the ball. Okay. Yeah, she's getting the flowers put in her hair. She looks really gorgeous. I love the dress. I was watching it. Maybe I'll do it in the future one about the costuming. But Yeah, she looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, Lydia, as we were talking about (laughs) earlier, runs around basically naked through the house. 
she's got like <laughs> a slip on i guess or underdress it's not naked according yeah. to our standards but <laughs> according to the time <laughs> yeah she might as well be like in a bra and panty yeah she basically runs into mr collins embarrasses him then laughs in his face and then runs away and laughs behind his back <laughs> <laughs> like with kitty <laughs> yeah and it's not like little like muffled laughing it's like howling which made no. me laugh and we actually see him being like I realize what's happening and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun to embarrass Mr. Collins. He's just, I mean, if he had any Ooh. sense of self-awareness. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so they're all arrive at the dance. Jane's got this crazy coat with this big hood. I know. I was like, what is with the, the hood? Everyone's all smiles. We see Darcy watching Elizabeth arrive and like has this stank face on and he turns his head away really snootily. Uh, like, oh God, of course they came. <laughs> <laughs> I, at this point, I was like, okay, you need to decide. Do you like her or do you not like her? You can't, you know. He doesn't want to know, like her. <laughs> You can't sit there and get an erection in the window and then not say that you don't like her the next one. Make up your mind, sir. Hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Mary comes in with the music in her hands. She's like, yes. all smiles. She's like, oh, good. I'm going to get a chance to perform in front of people. Yes. She literally she's cares. Be like secretly about a Leo else. or something. Yes. She's like, my way or the highway. You'll love my music. Caroline and you know her family are there to greet everyone who walks in the door and she greets all of the Bennets fairly nicely except for ignores elizabeth as much as she possibly can she's like hello you let me look directly over your head and you right <laughs> it's like all right rude and mr bingley is like okay i don't need to greet anyone else let me just take jane's arm and mm -hmm. start escorting her and elizabeth in. <laughs> he's like i mean i did make this whole dance just for jane so <laughs> right <laughs> i feel like also in that scene there was like when he swoops back around to grab elizabeth it was like i almost felt like there was some little like weird like conversation between him and jane where she was like she doesn't want to be around Mr. Collins and she kind of doesn't like your sister. So can you just keep an eye out for her? Yeah, I do. It does feel like they, especially at this version, like they've got to be like chit-chatting about everything on the side, which makes it so... Yeah. I find this version to be the one that's the least believable that Bingley would up and leave just because he seems like the nicest. Yeah. They seem to have the best bond. They always seem to be like talking to each other and... I mean, they're yeah. not just talking about the weather every time. <laughs> right. And they're also probably writing letters to each other, I would assume. But I don't think they are. No. Uh, whatever. Mm. <laughs> they have too good of a relationship. <laughs> they don't need letters. Uh, Denny comes up because Mr. Wickham has sent him with his regrets for not arriving. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I wrote, I'm surprised Lydia didn't run away with him in this version denny because they're so mm -hmm. always together and she's always like they seem to have such a great relationship her and denny so yeah and he's <laughs> very he's very attractive like very handsome and so i was like seems weird that she yeah. that even lizzie wasn't like let, let me spend time with you i know well i mean obviously they're not going to change the story but like mm -hmm. just the way the actors play it they they it just feels yeah. like she should be getting together with denny right agreed uh mariah <laughs> <laughs> not maria mariah 
This is where she is watching Elizabeth. And, like, just like she looks up to her so much because, like, mm-hmm. she walks by and you just see her turn her head and be like, oh, she's not talking to me, but I love her still. <laughs> <laughs> she looks so pretty. Oh, God, I love Mariah. I love Lucy Davis so much. <laughs> I, I always meant to recommend the Sabrina, the Chilling mm-hmm. Adventures Sabrina when we got to this, did. but. I did do oh, it because I knew that it was ending long before we were going to get to this right. adaptation. <laughs> but I was trying to save it until we got here because I just love her. God, I love Marianne. I love Lucy Davis. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So uh, we get to the first dance and a light-footed Mr. Collins dances very badly <laughs> with Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> she is pissed about it. <laughs> Apparently, he's not a good dancer in real life. So it worked out. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Wickham was like, I'm not a good dancer either, but Mr. Wickham is. So I just tell myself, you're a great dancer. You're a good dancer. (laughs) (laughs) Darcy circles this dance and watches slash stares the whole time. He's like kind of half smiling, kind of half frowning. Um, He's like smiling at Mr. Collins being a horrible dancer and Elizabeth dancing with him. And then he frowns (laughs) when he gets to Bingley dancing with Jane. And... (sighs) Whatever. Then he stands stoically. And then I wrote, whenever we do the commentary for this, I will be reciting Mr. Darcy's inner monologue this entire scene. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then Mr. Darcy asks Elizabeth to dance, and she can't think of an excuse not to. <laughs> and <laughs> Charlotte like lays out some reality for Elizabeth. She's like, don't let your fancy for Wickham let you slight someone who is a hundred times more important than him. <laughs> <laughs> who you will be way better off with. <laughs> and I also feel like a little bit of Charlotte's like sentiment was like, you just met both of these men. So don't let your idea of one cloud your judgment of another. Exactly. And then we get to the dance. It's not nearly as dramatic as in the movie. (laughs) No, no, no. I find this one a little bit funnier, just like in their dialogue with each other. Yeah. I feel like you could really see Darcy's awkwardness and this one and Elizabeth being like, can we please just talk or something? You're being so weird. (laughs) She's like, you asked me to dance. You have to talk to me. Don't just look like you hate me the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, the, the opening bow cracks me up in the scene. They really stare at each other in their eyes until Elizabeth is just no longer able to take it and insists that they converse. And he seems like he can barely think of a response to her speaking to him for a minute. (laughs) He's just so standoffish. And like he's rolling his eyes at her, which is hilarious. He says at some point, we're both of a taciturn nature or no she says we're both of a taciturn nature and he says no resemblance to you i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) he's such a jerk (laughs) and then he tries he asks if she walks to meriton often and i'm wondering i think this whole time he's thinking of wickham so i think that he's trying to be like so what do you think of that guy what did he say <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm sure he was like you looked sort of friendly with him let me dig for information yeah and then elizabeth starts in on the topic of wickham mm. <laughs> she just can't <laughs> help herself <laughs> and oh I, I okay so there's i've seen online a, a few times everyone seems to think that elizabeth is an aries and okay. she, maybe she is but she definitely has some libra in her chart because she really mm-hmm. just can't shut her mouth when it comes to like feeling <laughs> injustice you know like she feels yeah. like there's an injustice done to wickham and she can't let it slide i'm like no nope. there's, 
that's a leap. There's some Libra. I feel some Libra coming off of you. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the Aries, like the initial choice because she's so like headstrong and oh, definitely very fiery, but I do like the Libra because <laughs> she, this scene, especially she just cannot help, but be like, well, I'm going to talk about it. We're going to talk. Yeah. About it. Yeah. I have a lot of Libra in my turn. So I feel like that's the same kind of response I have to like, like, no, that's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I think Mariah is adorable during this dance as well because she's like partnered right next to her. We just see her like just having the time of her (laughs) life. (laughs) I just love Mariah. Okay. (laughs) I think I... I said, you aren't an asshole as a rule. What are you trying to say? Oh, nothing, silly. I'm just trying to figure you out. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's just me um, paraphrasing what they said during the dance. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what they're saying to each other the whole time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because she's like, you don't, you're not like, as a rule, an asshole to people. And he's like, no. I mean, she doesn't say that, but what is, or right. you don't uh... like prejudices cloud your judgment or whatever but she's basically oh being like you're not a dick all the time as a rule it's <laughs> like what are you trying to say she's like nothing i'm just trying to figure what out what you like <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get to know you <laughs> and mr darcy's like please don't judge me based upon this dance <laughs> and she's like sorry already did goodbye <laughs> <laughs> so what happens when you ask them to dance <laughs> Oh, and meanwhile, Mama is stuffing her face. And I this is where I was like, I feel like everyone is being very indulgent because this is like such an opulent dance that there's so many people here in town that I'm sure never get to go to anything this fancy. Right. And they're just like stuffing their mouths, drinking, dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, especially because like it's not on your dime. So yeah. <laughs> indulge in the riches uh, bounty. It just must feel like such a cool thing like we're going to the stands at a fancy place where rich people invited us and they're gonna have really good food i mean there were a million servants there was like mm-hmm. a six-piece band playing <laughs> oh, that would be such a fun party then we see caroline try try to gossip with elizabeth about wickham <laughs> but she really doesn't know enough on her side to mm-hmm. <laughs> to to have enough to and elizabeth just shuts her down so i guess they won't ever be friends <laughs> <laughs> I I would say that and other things get in the way of them being friends. Yeah. Mainly <laughs> their differing personalities. In this version, I kind of do feel though that like Caroline is like, hey, let's gossip and be friendly. Like I think she thinks that Elizabeth's gonna go along with whatever she's saying, but so again, yeah. this version I just feel more sorry for Caroline. Like I just, you know I could totally see it because <laughs> like in the movie adaptation, she's so like sure of herself and you feel like she's like kind of like this like all powerful being. And then this one, <laughs> she feels so like regular in the sense where she's like also trying to get the same things that most girls are trying to get. Exactly. She's more understandable. Like, yeah, I understand your motivation and you're not always just like out to be a snobby, <laughs> you know, you're right. You're I feel trying. like, yeah, part of her is trying to like, in a in the best way she knows how get on good terms and kind of talk to elizabeth but then also part of her is like i know darcy has something with you so i want to know i kind of want to keep my enemies closer a hundred percent a hundred (laughs) percent there's definitely more background sounds during this dance which is something i was complaining about in the last one (laughs) (laughs) jane tries to talk lizzie down (laughs) about (laughs) how much she's annoyed bingley 
and her were chatting about it, about how Wickham is not the greatest. And Elizabeth right. is like literally shaking with anger and she needs a drink. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mary runs to the piano to give her recital. <laughs> <laughs> they asked for someone to play the piano. No one save Mrs. Bennett seems happy to listen. Oh, it made me sad. <laughs> but Mrs. Bennett is just like nodding her head. And yeah, <laughs> she's just like kind of swaying. <laughs> well, this this whole scene, I was like, she's not really that bad of a singer. Like, it's not like she was like really off pitch or like really no. I don't know bad. So I don't know. She just needs I was, like, to have some more bass in top of her head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean. She definitely could use some, you know, some lessons, but I thought she sounded yeah. fine. Definitely. She was on pitch. So, yeah. So they shouldn't be so mean to her. <laughs> Especially considering nobody else seems to want to play. Right. She, I'm like, she wants to play. Let her play. She you don't even have to let her listen. do her too. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, the ending of it and this one kind of made me a little bit more sad for Mary and like kind of irritated with the way Mr. Bennett handled it because I felt like it embarrassed her in front of everyone and I was like you're supposed to comfort her I think that's kind of more appropriate to the book yeah as opposed to the other one just I don't know we'll see when we get to the book how we feel about it because I feel like you could probably interpret it in several ways but um yeah in this one it just kind of feels like he should have just let her keep singing I mean who cares nobody else in the party seemed that annoyed except for you know the the Bingley girls and right. the Bennett girls. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, the Bingley girls are annoyed at everything. And yeah. the Bennett girls, I'm like, they're her sisters. They're always going to be annoyed with her. Yeah. I kind of wish that there just been like one moment where uh, Mr. Bennett had looked at Elizabeth, seen that she was embarrassed and then gotten up to do it. Like, I see. That's a good you know, one. I, yeah. But, you know, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Hindsight Mary, is 20. Mary will recover. <laughs> she'll she'll be fine. If yeah. there's any resilient girl amongst them, it's her. <laughs> she understands. Uh yeah. So it's kind of awkward. Mr. Collins is like he actually seems pretty nice about it. He's like, if I could play, I would play, you know, like he's trying mm-hmm. to suit the situation in his own way. And then <laughs> Bingley sister number two, I don't even know what her name is. Like <laughs> she only has like what's her husband is it Whatever. it's not nope i don't think it's hearst but yeah her maybe it is it's hearst i think it is okay that sounds right yeah she sits down and plays a super fast and impressive piece <laughs> <sighs> whatever well, the rest <laughs> she didn't of the sing minute, no she, it, but it was really impressive that it was <laughs> this is where i'm like these girls are impressive but um yes. <laughs> while that piece is being played the rest of the bennets conspire to embarrass elizabeth to death <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of that dance okay so the next morning we just move right along mr collins requests a private conversation with elizabeth <laughs> <laughs> this is why i said uh-oh <laughs> here we go yeah mama bustles kitties out kitties <laughs> Elizabeth tries not to look at Mr. Collins while he talks (laughs) until she actually literally you can see her biting her tongue to stop from laughing at him (laughs) yeah he goes on to talk about his reasons for marrying and he gets to the one that's like maybe I should have said this one first and that's I think what she's like oh my god Mr. Collins (laughs) (laughs) she's like how are you flubbing this up (laughs) 
But the most important reason is that Lady Catherine told him he should get married. (laughs) (laughs) And he thinks Elizabeth must be acceptable to her with her wit and vivacity. Mm -hmm. And I mean, honestly, trying to marry one of the Bennett girls is what is right for him to do. (laughs) Right. It's, it's, yeah, per the custom. Well, considering he's going to be inheriting their house and if they don't get married, they'll... I'll be destitute. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's probably for the best. So, you know, Mr. Collins, he's not a great, but he's not a bad person. No, he's definitely not the worst. Yeah. Elizabeth is fairly, fairly polite in telling him that it is impossible for her to like him. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, but I have so many circumstances so highly in my favor. (laughs) I just can't believe this rejection that I'm getting. And she assures him that she has no pretensions towards the kind of elegance that would allow her to say no when she doesn't mean it. Poor Mr. Collins. <laughs> I would say he takes it pretty well for being rejected <laughs> during a marriage proposal. He's yes. not too too upset in a way. I believe that him and Charlotte actually make a perfect pair because he is very unsentimental in his choices as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mama wants Mr. Bennett to make Elizabeth marry Mr. <laughs> Collins. And he's like, oh, fine, send her in. And he just loves a well set up, extremely dry joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At Mrs. Bennett's expense. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you must be a stranger to one of your parents. And Kitty and Lydia try to escape. And as they're escaping, they run into Charlotte and they tell her <laughs> about what just happened. And they tell her to take Mr. Collins off their hands. <laughs> <laughs> And you can see Charlotte be like, "Mm, okay, I guess guess this is who I'm going to (laughs) marry. And meanwhile, Mama is screaming loud enough for the whole neighborhood to hear. And she has a realization and looks resigned. Mr. Collins leaves and Mama cries. (laughs) No, oh, Charlotte has the realization and looks resigned. She's like, okay, I guess this is fine. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I will be moderately happy. Yeah. And uh, Mama crying is the last thing we see. After you mentioned it uh, last episode, when I started this episode, I did pay extra special attention to like the theme song. And I was like, it is kind of like getting you prepared for the episode. Yeah. There's a whole special on the music, which I'll definitely have to give some notes on in the future. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Okay, so sorting? Yeah. Okay, well, I thought maybe we should do Charlotte Lucas, although honestly... She'd probably be better for the next episode, but okay. <laughs> but we can go ahead and do her because because I feel like this choice of hers, although it doesn't necessarily happen till the next episode, is like the defining characteristic of Charlotte, right? Deciding to marry yeah. Mister Collins. Yeah, and I I feel like if we kind of go look into her, it'll kind of set us up to really understand her better for the next episode. Definitely, and I've been thinking about her a lot because. She's very unsentimental, as we know. She Uh is very practical about relationships. She seems to know 
what she should do and what she's going to do and not have a lot of like sentimental feelings about it either way. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think because obviously the militia are there and there's a plethora of millions of men. You know, we see Colonel Forrester get married to this young girl. So I feel like if Charlotte had felt like I have to get married and that is the number one most important thing in my life, you know, like to make myself secure and happy, then she could have probably married like a colonel or something. Right. And the fact that she knows exactly how to marry someone just simply by being like, (laughs) hey, I think we should get married because I mean, it seems like that's what she thinks you should do is just be like, yeah, I like you enough to get married. I don't feel like she right. feels like you have to pretend <laughs> to like someone. You just have to outright tell them, I like you enough. Let's get married. <laughs> yeah, I could I could stand being with you for the rest of my life. Exactly. So I feel like she could have chosen one of those militiamen at any point. Definitely. There's, obviously, if the Bennetts had had a son, she would have probably married that son. That would have been her number one intention, I assume. Because I feel like the Bennetts are like the next most genteel family in the neighborhood. Yeah, it kind of gives off the vibe that they are definitely like, they're not definitely towards the bottom. They're kind of the higher up in that society. Yeah, because it's just, you know, not a hugely wealthy neighborhood or whatever. I mean, there's Weatherfield, but it's been sitting neglected for years. (laughs) Right, exactly. Anyway, I just think that, you know, people seem to feel sorry for Charlotte. Like, oh, she's 27. She couldn't get a man. I don't think that's true at all. I think she could have gotten any man she wanted to at any time. She just was like, no, you're not good enough. And she kind of probably always had it in her head that she should marry a clergyman. Uh huh. Because, you know, that's about what rank she's at. And it would be a nice, good life for her. Yeah. So she was probably just like, yeah, I... Mr. Collins, he seems to be in need of a wife at this very moment. And he's exactly, you know, in the range of what I'm looking for. <laughs> right. She's very like a romantic about her, the idea of marriage. And definitely, like you said, more practical considering that it was almost like, I guess you could kind of liken it to like, it was the only career choice women had back then in a sense to kind of be able to be steady in a way and make money sort of. So she's kind of looking at more as like, almost like you would look at finding a job like, Oh, this has good benefits. (laughs) Yeah, I can do this. Yeah. I was looking up earlier on Austin connection, Austin authors.net. They actually were the first people to ever write about our podcast. Oh, wow. But there is an article on there called A Character Study of Charlotte Lucas by Lee... 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 Oh, no. Lelia? L-E-L-I-A? Lelia? 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 I. Eyeball. Spelled like I. Uh And it's a character study of Charlotte Lucas. And it uh, basically just kind of goes through all of her lines... Mm-hmm. Um, it feels very much like what I used to do when I first started acting. We learned how to do, um, I don't remember what they're called anymore, um, character analysis. Uh-huh. We would like write down everything that the character says about themselves, everything every other character says about them, everything the script says about them, you know, what inferences you've made about them and like come up with a character profile. So it's got like oh, basically nice. all of her lines. <laughs> <Highly>. <laughs> Perfect. And I just thought it was a really... I kind of got lost in reading it, but it does say 
upon reading it, which I think I knew in the back of my head, but like never really thought about much. But at the end of the novel, Charlotte actually is pregnant. Oh. Kind of like a Mrs. Weston from Emma, where it's like just kind of like mentioned. Oh, by the way, this character that you're not seeing <laughs> is pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> wow, interesting. I forgot that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I definitely think that's an interesting article. If you want to just go back and read more about like just taking out parts of uh, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Okay, but let's sort her. <laughs> now that we've, hmm. is there anything else you want to talk about her though? I don't think so. I think uh, what we talked about was kind of like my idea of her just being so practical. Yeah. And like what are what are practical signs, like realistic ones? Yeah, she's very much an Eleanor. And actually in the 80s version of Pride and Prejudice and Sensibility, the girl who plays Eleanor and the one we watched plays Charlotte Lucas in the Pride and Prejudice. Whoa. Yeah. I think we talked, I think we mentioned it, but whatever. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen them both yet, so it's hard for our brains to make that connection. Or you haven't. Right. <laughs> I haven't seen them yet. <laughs> I probably know, but we'll forget until I say it as if I knew it without. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, for astrology, I mean, she's got to be an earth sign, right? Yeah, she's, you know. Or maybe an air sign just because she's just like, I'm intellectualizing this and not feeling it. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I'm going to say she's either... A Virgo, which is an Earth sign, uh-huh. but I always think of it, but it's ruled by Mercury, which also rules Gemini. So I kind of think of it as an air sign, <laughs> even though it's not. <laughs> uh, but Virgo is kind of like meticulous. They like do all the details and they very much think through all the stuff. Okay. I guess if she was an air sign, well, I don't know. She doesn't seem like an Aquarius Although, mm. yeah, she doesn't really. Gemini is a little too flighty for her, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Libra, maybe a little too romantic. Yeah. When uh, I like the idea of Virgo, like when you said meticulous, like I could totally see her at some point, like creating pros and cons lists for like marriage and being like, all right, what are the details of this person? And would I be a good fit with this person? I could totally see her doing lists like that. Oh my God, 100%. <laughs> so I like Virgo this is what you need to do to get a man. Blah, 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 blah. No emotion right. comes into it. <laughs> <laughs> I am not in love. I am trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah, I think Virgo is a good one for her. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Maybe she has like a Taurus moon because I feel like she's very, I feel like she does have a lot of heartfeltness towards like her friends and stuff you know like yeah i don't think she's like heartless so taurus is ruled by venus so i feel like it's a little more of a it's more headstrong but like maybe that's what made her be like yeah mr collins i've decided i need it and Mm -hmm. like okay that's what i want i'm getting it right now goodbye (laughs) (laughs) i yeah i like that especially like she definitely does have a lot of like tenderness for the bennett's and like you can tell like she's very close like Especially with Elizabeth. Yeah. Like, that's, like, yeah. her best friend. Yeah. Maybe there's a little bit of Pisces in there. <laughs> just, a, just a touch. A little sprinkle. Well, we did her father last week, and we decided he might be a Pisces. So. That's true. That would be a good connection. Hmm. Okay. Lawful good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I was thinking when we were, like, talking about all her, like, attributes and everything. I was like, she's like, I understand the rules, and I'm going to have to play by them, so I'm playing by them. Yeah. And she's all, she's a good person. 
I'm sure some people might want to argue that she was a lawful neutral. Mm-hmm. Because she does get a little, I mean, we hear through secondhand sources that she might be a little gossipy. Especially uh, like later on when like things happen with Lydia. Right. But it's hard to say whether that's what she's really saying because it's all through Mr. Collins. Yeah. You know what? I um, I kind of am seeing more the lawful neutral in the sense that like the way she's kind of picking a partner and going about this is like she's not like the good I would associate more with like feeling romantic for them. And, you know, it's like going to be a good situation. And I feel like the situation with her and Mr. Collins is going to be very like neutral in the sense of like they both understand what their like requirements are in society. So they're going to kind of like not settle, but, you know, kind of like, oh, we're good pair. Let's just go together. Yeah, I agree. Let's go with lawful neutral for her then. Yeah, I like that. Although I think either neutral or good, we could probably characterize her as. Maybe like lawful neutral but good leaning she's not definitely yeah. not right in the middle she's never trying to do anything bad but she just is more like you know i don't really see good and bad <laughs> right <laughs> exactly i wonder if she has some libra instead of taurus well anyway hindsight <laughs> <laughs> okay oh so for david lynch my initial thought was log lady yeah, I like that. I don't know if the log lady is who she is most like or who she would most be interested in learning about or I just feel huh. like I could see the log lady and her both having their own little huts in the wood and getting along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I feel like in a way to me she kind of favors female companionship over like male companionship just in the way that she's like I love my friends I love these people I can settle sort of for a marriage (laughs) like (laughs) so I could totally see her being like you know like you said in the cabin in the woods with the log lady and just (laughs) you know talking and getting to know each other yeah or she could be like the Donna to Audrey you know like how Donna is Laura but like if Audrey had her own version of a Donna I feel like Charlotte could be it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I totally get that. I love that. And I think if she was to watch the movies. This one, I feel like, is a little difficult for me to pick a movie. It is. I I don't know, this might be like... the weather reports. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually really good. I was going to say, mine's going to be a wild swing and say Eraserhead, um, just because I could totally see her being, like, intellectual about it and... Yeah, artsy and being like, what does this mean? And yeah. it doesn't affect like her it. in any visceral way. Right. She's just like, hmm, interesting, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the weather reports too because I feel like she would enjoy them a lot. <laughs> she would enjoy David Lynch as a person. Yeah, I I feel like if she was asked which David Lynch thing do you like the most, uh, you know, of course being forced to annotate herself with David Lynch, she'd be like, <laughs> I guess the weather reports. <laughs> Have you seen him? All right. There we go. Charlotte is sorted. Perfect. I'm excited to see her her ascent to full Charlotte-ness next episode. Do you think she'd be Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw? Uh, Ravenclaw. I get big brainy vibes from her. Definitely. Definitely. (laughs) I think she probably (laughs) loves to go to Rosings and look at the books. 
Oh, 100%. (laughs) I could definitely see her. That's probably why a lot of times her and Lizzie are like really close is because I bet you they talk about books all the time. You're probably right. (laughs) (laughs) Recommendations? God, I haven't thought of anything. (laughs) Yeah, I was like... uh, Have I? Go ahead. Oh, I got an idea. Okay. You want to go first or you want me? Uh, I mean, I'll go first. Okay. Podcast. I actually, okay, I'm going to recommend two, even though I'm really recommending one because one of them, I think I've mentioned on here before, but I've never technically recommended it. But Mm -hmm. I have, there's a kind of a new podcast that's come out that I've definitely talked about it on on here (laughs) at some point, but it's called The Austin Connection. Okay. And it's kind of PPR, no, NPR feeling. I think the lady Uh who does it was an NPR correspondent, perhaps. But she interviews really cool people and talks about really interesting things. She has a newsletter that goes along with it. Oh. I think, yeah, if you're an Austin lover, you probably really like the Austin connection. <laughs> but <laughs> I think the one I've been meaning to recommend for a while that's, you know, one I haven't mentioned before is called The Deep Dive with oh. June Diane Rayfield and Jessica St. Clair. Oh. <laughs> I love those two. And it is a crazy podcast. It's just the two of them. Almost every episode they start crying, <laughs> which seems intense. And I think for the first few episodes, I was like, I don't know if I can stand this podcast because they're constantly like bringing me to this emotional state that I don't, I was not prepared to be in. <laughs> but as it's gone on, it's, you know, kind of, it's not as deep every single time, but like, mm-hmm. it's just really fun to listen to them talk. And they're both kind of nuts. So, but really cool ladies and does it i don't even know it doesn't it's just kind of about their lives i don't even necessarily feel like i can relate to everything they're talking about but Mm -hmm. i still like listening to them talk about it (laughs) (laughs) i think they're so funny because they've done a bunch of other stuff together and you know 100 guested on stuff together and they're just hilarious june is one of the funniest people I think just as like a yes. casual person I think she's hilarious they're very funny just by their nature so even though right. they're talking about <laughs> some very heavier topics sometimes they mm-hmm. they always make it fun <laughs> that's so awesome I'm I feel like I heard something about that recently that podcast and I meant to add it but I did not so I'm gonna go add it right now you should I think you would like I it. I do like them I would have fun talking to you about it <laughs> yeah I'm definitely gonna at it because I love those two ladies. Okay, so for my recommendation today, I'm going to recommend a TV show. I can't remember if I recommended this earlier on because I think it's in its fifth season, but I'm just maybe going to recommend this current season because I think it's like their best yet. But I'm going to recommend Big Mouth on Netflix. Oh, I feel like I've recommended it before, but I can't remember. But the current season is out and it's just so good so if you like really grotesque <laughs> disgusting humor it is perfect and like every season i'm like they cannot get worse in the <laughs> <laughs> the nastiness of it and it does and i just imagine being in a writer's room for the first time on that show and being like i can't present this this is too vulgar and they're like it's not far enough you have to go <laughs> but it's just so great the characters are great I really just love how they explore like, I don't know, like puberty and like growing up uh, and like, like learning about your body and your feelings. And it's just really fun. And it just doesn't take a lot to kind of just get invested in them. So I would recommend that. 
the cast of that is great. Oh yeah. I don't think so, I I only watched like the first season. I should go back and rewatch. <laughs> you should because this current season is very good. And there is a <laughs> um a puppet episode which is great. <laughs> oh, very fun. <laughs> Yesterday yes. my dad uh we were doing father daughter night and he was like Oh, look at all these crazy, weird puppet shows I used to watch as a child. <laughs> They're all on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Puppets were like, big for a while. I think I'll skip that one, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I do not want that to be a part of it. I don't need to watch all 100 episodes of this weird show that you used to watch. <laughs> this puppet show. <sighs> all right. Well, we would love to hear from you guys about this adaptation, particularly... We're very interested in your best memories of it, your favorite characters, your favorite moments, what made you fall in love with it, if it's your favorite, you know, we just want to hear your good memories of this adaptation and what you like about it. So we would really love it if you guys would leave us a one minute voice message on our line. If one minute isn't, one minute isn't long enough, please feel free to do multiple I, I can stick them all together. It's fine. Or you could right. just send us an audio <laughs> file if you know you're capable of that. Mm-hmm. But we would love to put those as part of the podcast as we're going through this one, or maybe as an extra bonus episode at the end. We want to hear everybody's absolutely opinions on why they like this version because it's definitely, you know, one of the quintessential Jane Austen adaptations. So <laughs> we would love to hear from you. Right. Yes. You can email us at mannersofmadness at gmail.com. If you want to DM us, you can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersofmadnesspod. Or like we said, one minute voicemail on our website at mannersofmadness.com. Yes. And if you wanted to write us in about what your favorite moment is, you could do that too. And we'll just read them out. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we'd love to hear your voices. Yes, please. We love hearing from our listeners. (laughs) We don't have a number for you to call, but we do have a a little button on our anchor page. (laughs) (laughs) And next week, of course, we'll be doing episode three. So very excited. This might be uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, well, I'm not sure if this week is Happy Thanksgiving week or if last week was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, um, happy holidays to everyone, and um, I believe. (laughs) Now, technically, uh, Black Friday is national. Oh, God, what is it? It's like Indigenous People's Day. Oh, is it? Maybe. Oh, it uh, Native, oh it's uh, Native American Heritage Day is Black Friday. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> another pointless national holiday. But, you know, it's for... Much more... Apt. What do you call it? Much more... Realistic. Happy. Uh, invigorating. Um, right. Edifying. <laughs> much more edifying than... A Black Friday. <laughs> yes. And I would say probably that uh, when you're do- eating your Thanksgiving, maybe think about National American, uh, Native American Day. Yes. Think about because what the day We wouldn't have is. America if it wasn't for them. <laughs> right. Without the Native Americans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so happy week. All the pilgrims would have definitely everyone. died for sure as well. <laughs> yeah. But happy happy holiday week to everyone and i hope you spend time with your family and loved ones yes and we are thankful for you guys for listening to us yes, ramble on so for two years about david lynch and Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yes we've had fun and we hope you'll continue to listen yes and we're gonna be excited to do the rest of this during 
the Christmas month as well. So. <laughs> I can't wait. My favorite time of year. I know. I haven't listened to any. Well, no, actually, I went into Fresh Market the other day and they were playing Christmas music and I was like, there we go. We've started officially. <laughs> <laughs> We've been listening to Christmas music, I think, since November 1st. But that's just how we operate. Well, yeah, I know that. I just love Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we will talk to you guys next week. Yes, thank you for listening. Bye. Good night. Anyway, I'm glad I brought a glass of wine tonight. (laughs)